podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, it was a rough one Saturday as the Texas Tech football team put up as many points as you and I did. A big fat zero. Uh, losing to Oklahoma State, 23 to zero. So to gather this up, I had to bring on Jeremy Gunn on the podcast because misery loves company. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? We are oh boy, little what a long season. Uh I'll tell you what though, I'm not as down and out as some people are after last weekend. We got a one game left on the schedule, and the narrative for the get for that one gets a little bit more interesting every day, it seems. So happy to kind of recap what's happened here and hope sprinkle some hope on uh Texas Tech fans for what's next. Tech fans are very funny. Right? So let me just say this. I'm going to start this part off by talking about this real quick. Because going into the game against Oklahoma State, we knew they're the number nine team in the country, right? We knew how good they were. I, up to this point, they've proven to be the best team in the Big 12. Um, we talked about in the preview pod how ridiculously good this defense was. How the defense was insane. It was just a like a all world defense. You compared them to 09 Nebraska, which is which mind you, you compared them using stats. It's not like you just had a thought and an opinion. You said their stats and, the, and what they've done to this point match up with 09 Nebraska, one of the best defenses of this millennium. And uh, so we talked about that, right? We talked about the fact that their running game is very lethal. Talked about the fact that their their pass rush is very lethal. And we talked about the fact that the only weak spot on this entire team is a quarterback. So what happened Saturday? Well, their defense was extremely good, very good. Their pass rush was absolutely lethal. Their running game was was a, de- a good running game. And their quarterback was the only weak spot on the entire team. Like, nothing happened in the game on Saturday that should have been a surprise to anybody who knew anything about the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the Sacred Raiders. Yet, no, despite all of that, we still sit here Saturday evening like, how could Tech do this? <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing embarrassing about this game was we put up zero points. And, and, and anytime you put up zero points, it's a problem. It's an issue. Because it's, I mean, it's zero. You got to get something on the board. But if Tech had lost 23 to 7, even 23 to 3, I'd have been like, eh, this is kind of a, a little expected. We optimistically predicted them. I, 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 Dylan and I optimistically predicted them to just not lose by 10. Uh, I was. <laughs> and we, we were wrong there. You went all the way. I just went all the way. Um, Man, yeah, this game. Uh, there's so many, and there was a point, and it kind of swung back for me. Nothing surprising. Nothing surprising. Donovan Smith's struggles were unsurprising. Um, I had hoped that there was going to be some kind of like surprise factor. I think Iowa State got the most of that when it came to Donovan Smith. Uh, but then OSU had more tape on him, and so that's what they practiced for all week. And Boy, it showed. I mean, it just seems like at every level of their defense, they're just ready to play. And they clamp down, hardly ever let broken tackles go, very aware uh, against the pass. Uh, man, I mean, tough to get anything going. The shutout is sucky, but I don't think I would have felt any different had we scored, had we scored, had we gotten a touchdown. Um, just because, like, I remember when they hit that, 
um, you know, six and they got that first touchdown and everybody was kind of like, that might be the game. That might be the game. They got one touchdown, two field goals. That might be the game with how it's going. Uh, and certainly it was at that point. It was when they got the first field goal, apparently. Um, Oklahoma State is just as advertised defensively. Uh, offensively, kind of across the board. But like we were saying, I mean, defenses, man, defense can make the difference. The defense, I mean, this team wins in spite of Spencer Sanders. And so it was a crazy game on Saturday, but I don't feel any less. I don't feel any more. I'm not discouraged at all. You said it from last week. We had nothing to lose. Let's go out there and try this. Um, nothing to lose. We're in the same I, I place we were before. Yeah. Like I just, I don't understand. I really don't, I don't, I don't get it on that front. We had nothing to lose in this game and, and, and Oklahoma state proven that they were just flat out the better team. It is what it is, right? I, I wish we weren't that, in that situation. I wish we were where Oklahoma State is, but they're just a flat-out better team. So I do want to talk about Donovan Smith because he's he's kind of uh, – I think there's two polarizing people in this game, and one of them is Donovan Smith. So Donovan Smith, against Oklahoma and against Iowa State, looked fantastic. Didn't look mortal in this game. Didn't look as great as he had he has recently. Uh, we, we figured that was going to be the case going forward. Uh, did he look a little bit worse? Yes, I'm not going to lie. He looked worse than I expected him to. Uh, that being said, I think a lot of it had to do with, dude, he got hit, hit in the mouth a lot, <laughs> hit some more, hit again, hit again some more, right? Like, he, And by the time that he finally had, for the few times that he finally had uh, somewhat of a clean pocket, he had one drive where he had about three to four passes in a row that were all inaccurate. He's flustered, man. And he, by that third quarter, he, he his accuracy was just shot. And a lot of it, had, in my opinion, a lot of it had to do with, dude, he is, he just, he's got beat up. He got beat up from the very beginning. And it just, it took its toll as the, as the game went on. Yeah. I mean, sitting with nine out of 29, only 83 yards. Um, not a good look. This is, but, you know, keep in mind, people, that this is Donovan Smith's second start. Uh, second start. Uh, he's playing against one of the best, if not the best defensive team he'll ever play against. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine that there will be a replication of this team's like defensive prowess in the next four years in the Big 12. You never know. But like right now, I just don't think that we're going to see something like that for a while because it is so special. And like I said, uh, punch after punch after punch, man, it, it just could not catch a break in the backfield, whether the line was falling apart or whether the receivers just weren't open. He tried to make something happen. Guess what? There's a, a defensive tackle on his back, a linebacker on his back. Um Took a punch, took a, took a thousand punches uh, on Saturday. And I think that was, for me, it's very formative for a quarterback to fail like that. Um, it's very formative for a team to fail like that. But man, like, and I'm, I'm going I'm to say it here, I'm not upset that we kept going for the deep ball in the third and fourth quarter. Like, I'm not upset with that because you weren't getting anything under that and you have the receiver talent and you have, like Donovan Smith has showed the ability to hit that ball. Why not? Why not try to get something over the top punish Oklahoma State a little bit for being really aggressive. Um, they just didn't connect. And that's partly on receivers as well. Not It's not 1,000% on Donovan Smith. Some of it is on like the receivers and the defensive backs' abilities. Uh, Oklahoma State, absolutely. Yeah, so we'll talk about the rest of the offense here. But I do want to say the other, other polarizing guy in this game, not just Donovan Smith, was also Sonny Cumbie. A lot of people were, were talking about Sonny Cumbie and, oh, man, he's, he's not what we thought he was. And he's, you know, why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Look, guys. So I heard a lot of I heard a lot of you know why why don't we try slants? He tried slants. <laughs> why we keep going deep? We we've, we've tried like Cumby and staff tried everything in this game. They tried remember they tried screens early in the game didn't work. They tried slants. It wasn't there. 
right? I saw like Geiger had some crossing routes. It, it just weren't there. He was beat. He was blown up. Like nothing worked. Hey, try running the ball. Okay, so Roger Thompson, two point four yards a carry, and you're down from the very beginning, right? Like nothing worked. You want to know who our leading rusher in this game was? Baron Morton. He pulled out that seventeen yard scamper, and he finished the game with fifteen yards. <laughs> like nothing worked. Like nothing worked. Like I, I understand that you want to come down. You want to find someone to blame, and you're like, well, Cumbies. We scored zero points, right? We have a retro freshman quarterback. So if you don't want to, you either want to blame Donovan Smith or you want to blame Sonny Cumbie. But like what, especially for Cumbie, what could he have done? Every suggestion that I've heard in the past 24 hours of what he could have done, he tried. <laughs> it just didn't work. Like, <laughs> like the defense is that good. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Am I tripping? What do you think about Cumbie's play calling? No, not at all. I mean, Cumbie's doing what he thinks would be best for the team. Again, why he continued to try go trying he continued to try to go for it deep. Like Cumbie knew that was the team's best chance of getting anything on this Cowboys defense. Hey, our so, best, our best offense was defensive pass interferences. It was the best thing we could do. Hey, we best like thing three, we could four do. Times. <laughs> yeah, get us down to the red zone. We might have been able to pull out some points. Um, but you know, I'm not upset with the play calling. I heard people complain about why don't we do more screens because they had one screen i think to taj brooks um or whoever was out there at the time and it, and it looked like it could have been really big but like it wasn't and it wasn't because oklahoma state's a good defense and you try to run screens you guys were so upset with screens a couple seasons last season yeah. season four the screens <laughs> oh, were the we, death we, of us we hated screens for we hated screens during the neil brown era then we hated screens during the david yost era and two games into <laughs> one, less than a season in the sunny uh sunny Cumbie offensive era it's like ah screens come on now you need to do best. more screens what are you thinking man um <laughs> I promise you guys, Sonny Cumbie is a really smart offensive play caller. Like, he's a really good play caller. This is just an outrageously Dude. good defense. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I've racked my brain about what we could have done. And, and sure, it's, like I said, there was, a, there was a drive where it did seem like some of our receivers were able to get a little bit of separation, and Smith just missed them. And, and like I said, he seemed, very, especially in the third quarter, he seemed very rattled. Um, and I do not blame him. I don't blame him for being that rattled. Uh, did you agree with the decision to pull him for two series against Mo? Before I say this, actually, before I preference this, I don't know, and I wish somebody would have asked. I don't know if he was actually pulled. Somebody made a comment that um, it seemed like he got some work done on his shoulder. He might have actually been pulled for injury or for, for you know, to, to make sure he was good. But do you at least – I know he was being called to be pulled. So do you at least – do you agree with the idea of pulling Donovan Smith for Baron Morton? No, absolutely not. So let's let's just work on the operation that um, under the assumption that he was pulled, um, which kind of falls flat when you think about the fact that Morton came out a couple series later. But uh, I don't I don't respect um, I don't respect the decision to pull your starting quarterback unless there is like a legitimate chance to win, and he is the instrument that's keeping you from that. Um, I don't think that that was the case. On Saturday, again, Oklahoma State, ridiculously good defense. Didn't matter who was under center. Didn't matter who was on the field, honestly. Um, and so for Donovan Smith, I think I'm all in on Donovan Smith right now because of what he showed us against Iowa State, uh, because of his ability to lock it in there. And, you know, with with like redshirt freshman quarterbacks, with people who are in their second start, their second career start, you can't just flip back and forth saying like, oh, he played, you know, he was the best quarterback on the field. 
he, he should be starting for the rest of the eternity. And in the next week, it's like, why did this why does guy play? And get the get the guy who hasn't played any any ball out here. Put him against the best defense in the in the Big Twelve, and you know, let him sling it around. He could throw the ball. Um, no, no, he couldn't. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily anything to do with his skill and everything to do with the defense. So, <laughs> guess what? Baron Morton, uh, Baron Morton came in there and laid an egg too. Like, it's, it's, and, I don't, and I don't blame Baron Morton either, right? Like, Baron Morton. I, th- I thought did about as good as he could, and he still wasn't any good. Like it's like these things. Like guys, this is a very like I don't think people understood just how good his defense was. Like, I feel like everybody listened to the preview pod, listened to some other podcast, and and read upon it. We're like, yeah, Oklahoma State's defense is good, but ah, they can't be that great. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're really, really good. Like that's the best defense we've seen all year, and it's not even close. It's not even. That's the thing. It's not even close. Um, I think there's an argument that the second best defense. We talked a lot about the Iowa State defense last week. But there's an argument that maybe the second best defense, second or third best defense in the conference, we're playing next week against Baylor, right? But um, this 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 defense is just ridiculously good, and it, w- it wouldn't have mattered. I, I made this statement: it wouldn't have mattered if we had Peyton Manning back there; he would have gotten eaten up. It wouldn't have mattered if Bill Belichick was the coach; we would have gotten eaten up. They're just that good, right? And whenever Donovan Smith was making these these deep balls that were going incomplete. I mean, I was I saw Loic Fungi got worked to the sideline because he was going up against a DB who's a fi- redshirt senior, knows what the hell he's do- doing, been doing this, and he's like, look here, little boy. You don't, you, you don't know what's going on here, right? Hell, some of their DPIs was like, nah, let me get this 15-yard penalty because I ain't about to let you get 50 yards. Even their DPIs were good defensive plays. Like, <laughs> I just, I mean, they're just too good. Like, they're just ridiculously good. Actually, if anything, they made a fan out of me, this team, not the Oklahoma State Cowboys, forget them, but the team itself, made a fan out of me going forward. And I hope they get in the college football playoff. I want to see them play the big boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And so just to round it out, I think Donovan Smith, like boy has had it tough, you know, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, and now Baylor, you know, all really good defenses. And what can you say? Like, I appreciate the gumption. He's taken a lot of hits. He's made some really good passes. I want to see him respond. I think this is a really good kind of three game stretch for Smith uh, under center. One, you have a tremendous game. You guys win. Uh, it's an upset for all intents and purposes. Two, you go up against a tremendous team. You lose. And you don't lose bad. And we'll talk about why you didn't lose that bad. Uh, but you lose bad enough, right? You lose. You don't You don't score any points. As your job, it's a failure. So now you have one game left on the regular schedule. How do you respond going into the postseason? And so uh, I'm all in on the Donovan Smith train. That does not change uh, a single, uh, an iota for me. Um, I think that he's a good quarterback, and I'd like to see him have some preparation for Baylor. So uh, let's talk about some of the people that I think really let him down, let Cumbie down, and that's um, everybody else in the offense. So starting with the offensive line, and whoo, buddy, that offensive line got smacked, smacked. It didn't matter what play was called. Didn't matter what running, what what the running backs could do. That offensive line got worked. Everybody did. It didn't matter. There wasn't, you know, sometimes we talk about it. And we're like, well, maybe the left side could have done better. The right side. Now nah, everybody, all five of them, got worked all game long. What do you think about the O line? Uh, non-existent. Um, <laughs> goodness gracious, man! Like it didn't matter if they were blitzing. It didn't matter if they were on a three push, a four push. Like they just got around. They were so much. They were just superior, and that is what. Golly, that is what it looks like whenever you're just out talented, out skilled, out all of it. I mean, no time, no time to do anything, no time to let a play develop. Uh, the offensive line got worked this weekend for sure. It's and worst part about, I mean, not just that, like snaps weren't even good. Like we talk about the Donovan Smith fumble, 
That was off a bad snap. It, just, it ruined the whole play. And Donovan Smith tried to make something happen off of a bad play from a bad snap. And he, and he fumbles. And, and yeah, sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's his fault for fumbling. But like, dude, like it's just nothing. And it wasn't only it wasn't the only bad snap. Like it was bad snap throughout the game. So, so you have a so if you're Donovan Smith, and he, you're, you're having to deal with bad snaps. You're having to deal with the second you get corral the bad. The second you corral the bad snap, then you have a guy in your face. You try to shake him off. Then you have to throw a ball, throw another ball. It's inaccurate. You got tech fans, you know, out here slandering your name on Twitter and Facebook. It's just a uh, dang. And then when you do get passes off, receivers drop them, or you have miscommunication with you and the receiver. Like it's, oh man, it just it just was not a good day. Uh, we talk, Oklahoma State had a couple times where Tay Martin and, and a couple of the other receivers make great pass catch catches for Spencer Sanders on terrible balls, mind you. And they're making great catches. And then I, I don't I didn't see one like great catch. I should say, I, I want to say the entire game. There was nothing that that there was no equivalent catch on Tech's side that I was like, yeah, there we go, there we go. It just it's a, our two best catches were from Mason Tharp and McLean Mannix. That tells you kind of all you need to, to know about how the offense, uh, the receiving team was. It just, oh my goodness, it was rough all around. Nobody, l- listen, look, Jeremy, we're at the end of the end of the podcast episode. Usually, we do the offensive player of the game. I'm not going to do that. All right, no, nobody deserves. Nobody deserves it. Not a single person on offense. Actually, you know who deserves it? Austin McNamara. I was gonna say Austin, Ma- is- Austin McNamara. McNamara he, he did deserves his job. It. We'll give it. He he did. He's the only punter in this game. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Tom. Or what's his name? Tom Sutton, the 50 year old punter who wants to talk crap or whatever. All right. Um, <laughs> Austin McNamara is our quote unquote offensive player of the game, and I'm gonna say that halfway through the um, that podcast episode. Over 500 yards. He's been great. He's been, he's been overshadowed by how great Garibay has been, but uh, he was he was a weapon. He was a weapon in this game. Um, so I, I did bring up I did bring up I believe his name is Tom Sutton. I did bring up his name, which sounds like a movie star name, and his like that's actually a pretty pretty good name. Actually, if I had to say so myself, um, not bad. But I will say this: so he talked about uh, Tom Hutton. Sorry, I've been saying Sutton. Oh, Tom Hutton, that changes everything. That's not that a good name at all. You, that's not a good name at all. That's why you like that name. Yeah. Oh, Tom my Sutton, God. That's a great name. Can't Tom Sutton why. would have been a good name. I was, I was like, ah, it's a movie star name right there. Tom Hutton is just a trash name. Uh, but anyways, Tom Hutton, the punter for Oklahoma State, his tweet, his tweet came out, was they say the quality of a place is determined by the character of its people. And it's true. Lubbock is a s-hole. I'll say it. It's a shithole. Um... And, you know, I, uh, so obviously, you know, that's going to take tech fans back a bit. You ain't going to come into our house, talk about Lubbock, and then move out like this. But I will say this, though. Tech fans, we were throwing stuff on the field. We were throwing stuff on the field. We can't, yeah, that's, we, you can't, and I'll say, that even though apparently the, the, the water bottle that was thrown on the field was apparently done by an Oklahoma State alum, or Oklahoma State fan. Um, now, whether that's true or not, it, it's, there's rumors that it was, that's the case. I will say that's not the first time something was thrown on the field during the game. Uh, that was kind of a last straw by the referees. Um, I actually didn't have too much of a problem with the penalty because it, they already had a warning, right? Um, guys, don't don't be that douche. Don't throw things on the field. If it ain't a tortilla, don't throw things on the field, right? Like that's just come on now. That's 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 not. We already have a bad rep 
and people lying on us when it comes to like batteries and stuff like that. Don't don't add to that bad rap. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 just it's disappointing. And you know, you don't help your team out that way. And I think that that's you're just frustrating your team at that point because, you know, a lot of times uh, it just feels like, you know, in this game, you need every single yard. And so every penalty you get is, is damning. And so if it comes from a, a half empty beer can, overpriced beer can, uh, that's just shameful for so many reasons. So oh, many wasting, reasons. Wasting alcohol. What the hell's going on here? Right? I know you, I I know you spent whiskey, nine beer, bucks like, for that thing. What the hell's going on? Y'all wasting. Like, what, what's wrong with you, use? Right, yo, wasted alcohol. Oh my goodness! But yeah, just don't be that douche. Uh, Speaking of douches, Manscaped. (laughs) They don't sell douches, but uh, (laughs) that was the only way I could think about to make a transition into that. (laughs) Um, But we've been, we've been. uh, Shout out to our ad partner that is Manscaped. Um, Listen, like they make their bundles that they have have a really nice. Uh, they are our buddy. They sent us a, pa- a bundle package, and I believe all of us have been using it. Um, I know Jeremy said he's been using it. I've been using it myself. Uh, one of the bundles that we got, it came with, you know, a deodorant, a toner, uh, the lawnmower 4.0, which is absolutely fantastic clippers. So these make great Christmas gifts. I ain't just saying that. They truly do make great Christmas gifts with Christmas around the corner. Plus, the package so, is legit. Yeah. It's good. Hey, they put a lot of care into their packaging. <laughs> In their package. There you go. A lot of <laughs> um, so we're going to hook it up for y'all. Uh, promo code TORTILLAS to get 20% off of any of these bundles you're trying to get. Again, promo code TORTILLAS, plural, uh, to get 20% off. All right. Now, um, there was another call made in this game that raised a few eyebrows. Mm. Or another flag, I, was, I should say, because the flag we was for a call. And the, 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 oh, we got to talk about it. Disconcerting uh. calls? What the hell is that? I don't, I don't know, dude. So apparently I mean, the, the, Caden. Apparently, they were saying that the tech defense or the tech bench, the tech defense. The, no, the tech defense. Tech defense was making calls at the line, right? And it sounded a little bit too close to hike or hut or you know, or, uh, to to throw the offense off, right? But I don't uh, care if and, they're saying hut. I don't care if they're saying whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, are you? I mean, to be, it, it is in the rule books, but are you effing kidding me? <laughs> That's <laughs> way down, down in the forbidden section of the rule book. They haven't opened in millennia. Yeah, like it's in the rule books technically. It is technically. It is in the rule books. It's a fourth down. <laughs> this is we want to get off the field. Our offense can't do anything right. Lord, like what the like this is. A part of me feels like maybe this is retribution for last week. Like the refs are like, we're going to send, send a message here. When I saw disconcerting calls on fourth down, I'm like, oh, y'all, y'all just, y'all just, <laughs> what's, what's going on? What is this? What is this? Uh, no, the, I mean, the coaching staff was irate. Cumbie was in, in the, they ready to lane. You, oh my goodness. I, I thought he was going to, I thought somebody was going to get themselves ejected from the game after that. And rightfully so. Like, That's what they called to get ejected for. On a fourth, it was like it's fourth and two, I believe. On, on a fourth and two to get a disconcerting that that's the time you want you don't want to give a warning you don't want to say hey man you got to react you make it a public warning I don't care right but you're gonna give a penalty on a fourth down that brings them into field goal range and then they score a touchdown immediately afterwards mm-hmm. oh my god oh yeah Lord just Jesus. just dis- I mean just disgusting officiating right there I think that that's just 
you're not you're not paying attention to the game you're just being upset i think you're you're making a call on a frustration that you're having maybe with i mean maybe tech athletes are being frustrating but i think your job as a referee is to be above that i think your your job is to call the game well and fair as you can because you're supposed to be unbiased uh, a call like that garbage man i mean anytime it felt like there could be a momentous moment it was just ruined uh by flags this and i actually think that a lot of flags this game were called really well I think they were, but the disconcerting, whatever. Oh my God, dude. I, I, I was like, this is, it that's went from. I, no, you actually bring up a good point. Cause that's actually the only time I, I thought even the bottle penalty, I didn't have a too big of a problem because they, they had given a warning and, and like, I even, I tweeted about it. If it was an Oklahoma state fan, that guy's a genius because, because they'd already given a warning. Like is when I saw the flag, I was like, Hey, tech fans, we gotta be better. You know? Um, but you're right. That is, I will agree with you on that. That's really the only flag that I felt was egregious. That was wild. Where I really was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, uh, yeah, that's just that was that was a wild one. That was absolutely a wild one. And we would have, I mean, who knows? Without that, maybe we only lose sixteen to zero instead of twenty three to zero. <laughs> a little hey, bit more respectability, you know? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, and you want to talk about respectability? We can scoot into the defensive performances, but I just want to close out with. Um, it's not game changing for us to excuse me let me back up this game was for the all intents and purposes was like man oklahoma state is that team that penalty for me went from oklahoma state is that team to oklahoma state's getting bs calls so they can be that team and i feel like that's not fair for oklahoma state and not saying like you know i'm not trying to like be pedantic for okie state fans or anything like that but like i mean if you can't march down the field against the Texas Tech defense and then you have to get bailed out with a flag like that should feel a little disingenuous I don't know a flag like that at least so I just get it out of my mind alright let me tell you something if I was an Oklahoma State player I would not care <laughs> I don't no, care I, I, get the uh, I know yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> hey give them more disconcerting calls <laughs> that's, that's just a wild call I, just, I don't I don't know. Uh, so you did bring up the... the te- oh, go, go ahead. On. Nah, just, you know, sportsmanship. Go ahead. <laughs> Texas Tech defense played great. Played absolutely fantastic. Uh, they were on the field so long in this game. Held Oklahoma State to 23 points. We just talked about it, seven points. I don't want to say gifted, but kind of gifted there uh, um, after that penalty. Uh, so really, I mean, for the longest time, we were only down two scores when I felt like we were down 50. This defense played absolutely amazing. Um, they decided to blitz. It's amazing. It's almost like some the, a certain podcast that you may be listening to right now has been talking about the fact that the team should be blitzing many more than three players all season long. And it's crazy that the games that we have the best defensive performances are games where we consistently have four or five guys going after the quarterback. It's a it's a weird and wild concept. Um, you know, I'm way too humble to talk about who that. Uh, podcast actually is it's been consistently bringing up the fact that we should rush more than three people but you know that's just uh it's not my style jeremy <laughs> to bring that up but um obviously as always colin schooler was a man among boys he was just killing it blowing up the offensive line oklahoma state's o-line didn't play great either i mean you know like the oklahoma state's o-line also struggled we consistently got guys in the backfield uh the 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 law firm of bradford and hutchins were both of them were fantastic in this game consistently getting in the backfield consistently blowing up the d-line Philip Bleedy had his probably his best game as a Red Raider. Played fantastic. Uh, two tackles 
in the backfield for him or a tackle. I don't consider tackle in the half. I, I hate half tackles. I think they're stupid. So two tackles in the backfield. Um, and Tyree Wilson. Two tackles. Boy in the Tyree backfield. Wilson. Right. So like I, um, it just the defense just played out of their minds. Uh, DTD played really well. Um, one guy didn't though. <laughs> one guy got ate up. And they knew Rayshad Williams, bring your ass here, boy. <laughs> he did not. They targeted him the entire game. Uh, I felt bad for him after a walk. I don't think Rayshad Williams is that bad of a corner. I really don't. I think he tries hard. Um, he's a backup corner, mind you. He's not supposed to be a main starter, and he's kind of placed in that starting role because of injuries. Uh, but they targeted him. They said, look, Demarcus Fields is pretty good. Adrian Taylor Demerson's pretty good. But that Rayshad Williams, we can get something with him. And they were right. They were right. They they attacked him. They they went after him, and they were able to get some some. Spencer Sanders was able to get some gimmies against him. Yeah, not that he's a bad corner. I don't want anybody to hear us wrong. Any, um, but out of the group, the most vulnerable, and um, that's that's who you want to that's who you want to pick on. So they picked on him, and yeah, he's kind of farther up the total tackle uh, chart. But that's because. They were passing the ball to him all night, and so uh, that was yeah, tough. Yeah, it's not. A, it's, it's uh, for example, it's not a great thing when you're a corner, you're leading tackles, right? Because they also they also did go after DTD too. Like, it's not, I'm not going to say that they didn't just. Try, but DTD, at the very least, it was kind of. I feel like it was it was kind of a 50 50 situation. You go towards DTD, and you you may he may you may, your your receiver may win, but he probably will lose. Uh, Demarcus Fields had zero tackles, and that's probably no tackles for a corner. It's like. It was because they didn't target him. They saw Demarcus Fields for the most part, and they were like, "Nah, let's stay he away got, from him." He got too you big pass deflections, and they were like, "You know what? Nah." Yeah, no, they kind of they kind of stayed away from him. But Rayshon Williams, man, they went after him. They picked on him. It's pretty brutal, actually. And honestly, he could have been picked on that much more. There's, there was other times they went after him, and Prezer Sanders just, you know, because he's not that great of a quarterback, missed missed the mark. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I just this this Rayshad Williams unfortunately did not have the best of games, but the rest of the defense did. They held Dom Richardson to only four yards of carry. Um, Dom Richardson didn't have a bad game. I I don't think he had, you know especially with Jalen Warren, um, I believe he got hurt during the game. Dom Richardson, the backup running back, came in and it was formidable. It was formidable. Did the defense did a decent job bottling him up? He wasn't, but I wouldn't you know the the running game for Oklahoma State was okay. They were able to get some things going. Um, the passing game was all over the place for Oklahoma State because Tech defense did a good job of getting the backfield and rushing some things. And the only time they really got things going was when they attacked Rashad Williams. But, uh, you know, defense played about, like I said, about as well as you can expect, especially given the fact that there was just so many minutes on the field for them. Yeah, honestly, I tried to tweet it out that, like, our defensive unit is the unit that's been out there the longest minutes wise have spent the most time on the field all night and they continue to bring the heat and bring the pressure Oklahoma State has shown throughout the season sparks of like offensive prowess where they can like put up points and again it's all in spite of Spencer Sanders but they've got a lot of athletes on there they can go out and get points for them the fact that we kept Oklahoma State to 23 points at the end of this game um, while our defense not just like oh 23-0 we suck blah 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 our defense is out there most of the time and they kept the energy to keep them to only two touchdowns. That's nuts for a Texas Tech defense. So, like, I don't want to, like, Oklahoma State's defense is unreal, unrivaled in the Big 12. I think I don't want to overshadow that Texas Tech's defense played supremely well 
in light of the entire season. Might have been one of their best like overall performances where we you know we've lost. It's not a blowout. It wasn't like a we lost and we let them just put the pressure on. It's like no, this team like this defense locked down what they needed to lock down. And yeah, there were some kind of BS like moments where we had it and then we lost it because of a foolish penalty or anything like that. Um, but they did everything that they could do. Like they did everything they needed to do. You keep Oklahoma State to 23 points. You should be able to make it a, a game. And I think Baylor did a very similar thing early in the season. Although they put up 14 points, uh, Baylor put up 14 points. They, they still ended up losing like, you know, 20 something of 14. And so just a tough, I mean, a tough team to play. They can get in this game, you know, Oklahoma State could have got three points in one. And it was just really tough. But I really appreciate, like, I don't want to overshadow one second uh, how good our defense played as a, as a unit. No, they played absolutely fantastic. Um, and to keep us in the game for as long as they did, despite the fact that the offense could not score any points, they were absolutely fantastic. I would say probably the best defensive performance of the year, especially considering, right? Because it was also very easy for the defense to give up. I mean, it happens all the time, and they they didn't. They held held in tight, held on tight all the way to the fourth quarter. Um, if we could have got some semblance of offense, this could have been a really good game. But you know, it was a defensive battle between. Wait, timeout. It was a defensive battle between Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. Am I reading that right? <laughs> what was the over under on this game? <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to look into it. So, but um, absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, um, so I, we already talked about who the offensive player of the game is. Who do you think the defensive player of the game is? Uh, for me, it's Colin Schooler. I think Colin Schooler uh, at that linebacker position filled gaps, blitzed well, uh, played Spencer Sander very Spencer Sanders very well, uh, and was very effective in, in the run defense. And so Colin Schooler was just all around the ideal defensive player of this game. Yeah, I, you know, I hate always talking about Colin Schooler because I feel like he's a candidate for defensive player of the game literally every game. Um, but yeah, I do want to give a shout. Tony Bradford played fantastic in this game. And then, you know what? I'm going to say him. Tony Bradford had a great game. a great, Probably the best game of the season for him. Um, the law firm of Bradford and Hutchins, both of them were great. But Tony Bradford played absolutely fantastic. Reggie Pearson, he played a really good game. Reggie, Reggie Pearson, Pearson played a good game. One, but DTD could have had the to... game of his life if he would have got those two pick sixes that were just right there. <laughs> That's true. I, and I put it in our group chat that, man, this team is just uh, – our defense is going to have to score the points. The offense ain't going to do it. But Spencer Sanders is a pick six away. But Spencer Sanders, look, all he needs to do, he knows it. All he got to do is just not make mistakes. And they didn't make any mistakes. They didn't make any mistakes. So, you know, no fumbles, no turn, no interceptions. They just – they let it ride. They let it ride. Yep, and that's why we got what we got. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but one game left in the regular season. We do have a bowl game to go to uh, against Baylor. It's still going to be tough, but I, I think I think I truly think that Baylor will tell us more about Donovan Smith than anything this game would could have taught us. Right? Like I think Baylor will tell us a little bit more. Baylor, excuse me, still a very good defense, not historically good like Oklahoma State is. Right? Hopefully, Donovan Smith. I think he's going to be very important this week. To gain his confidence back because there's no doubt his confidence was rattled and and rightfully so. I mean that that was a tough game. Uh, tape is going to be tough for him to watch come uh, come Monday. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a rough film session for not just for him for literally everybody on the offense. It's going to be a rough film session. Uh, I I don't know if you watch those Coach Thirty vi- videos on Twitter, 
<laughs> the guy that does those videos of in film. Uh, I, I really hope he doesn't do any of them for the Texas Tech Red Raiders because that's gonna it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be, it would be bad. Um, but uh, you know, film's gonna be rough for everybody on offense. But I think this Baylor game will really tell us if Donovan Smith can be that dude. Um, but I honestly, I'm, I want to see what Donovan Smith can do. I don't really. I know everybody's addicted to recruiting rankings, and so because Baron Morton was a four star player, we want to see Baron Morton going forward. I think Baron Morton's going to be a very good quarterback, and he showed. In the he, though he didn't play well either, he did show that he has the wherewithal to do something. But let him do that later. I, I want to see what we can see from Donovan Smith. I want to exhaust that option before looking at other options. And for, and, and that, that option wasn't exhausted from playing a historically good defense this past mm-hmm. Saturday. No, not at all, not at all. And I, I just you got two games left on the schedule. Just let Donovan Smith ride out unless something serious yeah. happens. Yeah, and then what's and your then, pressure? And, and exactly, and then the offseason, Joey will decide whether who who the quarterback is. Because remember, Tyler Shuck's probably getting a medical redshirt. So this offseason, he's going to have three really good quarterbacks to decide what's from. Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, Baron Morton. And mind you, that's that'd be sophomore Shuck, sophomore, um, uh, sophomore Smith, and freshman Morton. That would all be coming back because Shuck would still be a sophomore because he'd get a medical redshirt. Isn't that glorious? <laughs> Isn't that glorious? Isn't there? The future is bright. Stop worrying about how we're going to somehow. I don't know what you're expecting from this team. Um, this was a, a good enough. Good enough for me. Next week, got Baylor. Different story. Then we got a bowl game. Don't forget we're bowl eligible, everyone. That's the right. Texas Longhorns are not That's bowl right. eligible. And they cannot That's become right. bowl eligible. So <laughs> they lost again. How dare they? they uh, correction. Again. How dare they? Correction. <laughs> Tyler Shuck is a junior, actually, but um, that is my correction. But the junior, uh, sophomore, uh, freshman. Yeah. No, the Texas Longhorns lost again. Lord Jesus. And oh my God, that is such a bad team. <laughs> that is, and they got K State next week, and I don't see them beating them either. Oh man, it's such a such a bad team. But uh, Jeremy, yeah. anything else you want to say to the people? Just hang in there. Just enjoy this for what it is. Don't don't be weird. Don't be don't be bad fans. Just root for your team, and uh, we'll see where we're going come bowl time. All right. Last thing I'm going to say about this game. Uh, it was the first time Texas Texas shut out in a game since 1997 when we played Nebraska, and only the second year of the Big 12. It's the first time um, that Texas Tech has been shut out at home since I believe it was, sorry, in the 80s, 1989, um, it was also the fewest yards allowed by Texas, or allowed by Oklahoma State since it gave up 86 to Baylor. And it's the fewest yards that Texas Tech has had uh, since we gave up only, we put up only 90 against Miami in 1990. So this is a historically bad offensive game for the Texas historic for nothing. You know what I'm saying? And we... We're breaking records all over the place. We're just doing it. We're just doing it. Um, A lot of people were very concerned as far as the recruits, right? Oh, man, these recruits are going to see us lose. Oh, let me tell you something, guys. These recruits have been watching Texas Tech football all year. They've seen us lose, (laughs) okay? Uh, Recruits really don't care about wins and losses when they make visits. They they really don't, right? Because, you know, it, it just doesn't, doesn't enhance anything. What they care about when recruits make these visits, they come on campus. They want to see what the campus looks like. They want to see. They want to actually have uh, talks with their coaches on a more personal level. They want to see what the locker room looks like, what the facilities look like. Put the jerseys on, take the pictures, get on the field. They did all that early in the day Saturday. All these recruits did all of that. 
right? They and then when the game starts, they want to see the atmosphere. They want to see the uh, mass rider uh, um, riding the horse out into the field. Which, speaking of which, shout out to Fearless Champion, the last ride that they ever made. It'll be a new horse next season. But they want to see the they want to see the tortillas flying in the sky. They want to see that kickoff. And Tech brought a great atmosphere early in the first first half, I should say. And then you know, second half happened. We're losing. People leave, etc. It's it's fine. But they that's what they that's what these recruits care about. The the end result, man. Nah, you already kidding. saw it. We're recording this Sunday, less than twenty four hours from that game. Two commits, both of them. They're just like that. Also, Three. a TC. Well, no, he hasn't committed yet. He's going to commit. But the TCU commit just decommitted from TCU. Unless did it happen while we were recording? No, you keep going. Maybe. I thought we had. Uh, I thought we had three. So the, we had another guard. There was a TCU commit uh, during the game. He's decommitted less than twenty four hours uh, from the game. So I mean, and I actually expect every single twenty twenty two prospect that was at the game to commit to the Texas Tech Red Raiders here pretty soon. To be honest, so um, that just I mean, hey, Coach McGuire got those guys, got them boys out on on the in Lubbock in the Hub City. And that's half the battle to get them to the hub. Once they're in the hub city, they love it. They're ready to ride. Um, speaking of which, one of them, Ty Canna, he's a linebacker from Katy. Dude's a dog. I've seen, I've seen that tape. Dude's a dog. So um, the future's still bright. Don't hang, hang on this loss. This is, I get it. We got shut out. Shut, shut Getting shut out's embarrassing. But guys, like Oklahoma State's defense was really good, and we'll see how the team does next week against Baylor. You know, who's another really, really, really good team that's fighting for a potential spot in the Big 12 championship game, right? So, you know, we'll we'll see what it is. The, you know, the time is not now just yet. Let Donald Smith ride yet. it out yeah. and uh, see what goes on. All right. So for our producer extraordinaire, Dylan Smythe, who's going to be in the background, uh, wasn't able to join us because he's probably uh, water buffalo fishing or something. Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and for... Uh, the the wondrous wonder that is Jeremy Gillen. This is I'll be sure you've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.